Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Episode of Married with Movies. I'm one of your hosts, Samantha Mullet. Sitting next to me on the couch is your other host, my beautiful husband, Chris Mullet. You're already asleep. I've been asleep for 15 years. Oh, that's very nice. Yeah. You haven't been active. We, we miss a week, and then here you are. I actually, before it's I started, I was like, I'm really going to be, I'm gonna be nice to you because you're not feeling well. Yeah, right. You, you could have been nice to me if you tried. I'm going to try. You're not. Didn't we do the long time ago where I was like, I could not make fun of you or do anything? Yeah, and it was like the shortest podcast in history. And you burst at the seams with not being able to make fun of me. It's like Brandon Warren's rest in peace when he couldn't make fun of Scudderell's girlfriend for like a week. Exactly. It is August 17th? Yes. 2022. According to this right before the episode airs. Yesterday was 17th. Today's the 18th. 18th. Uh, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, we have some we have some catching up to do with you all. Because it's been a couple weeks. Obviously, we missed last week's episode. Um, but if you're new here, what we normally do is... To, come on. What we normally do here is we talk about our lives and what's been going on in them before we get into the meat and potatoes of the podcast, which is talking about a random movie we watch from our massive movie collection, like we did... For this week's episode, Crazy Rich Asians, the movie that Samantha nominated, that we were supposed to have for last week's episode, but that did not happen. Why not? Why did that happen, buddy? So if you remember prior to missing last week's episode, I was very excited. Finally was getting a bit of a vacation. A very, very eventful 10 days was planned. I was going to Chicago for a bachelor party for um, future guests of the show, Keith Matavin, with uh, many friends who I um, have been on the show before that I've known for 20 years. And then I was going to come home, and I was going to work on the house and get things in order, work on my toy room, work on the movies, work on the games, get everything kind of, you know, finished and situated. Then Jillian, our beautiful daughter, was going to be starting kindergarten, and then we were going to Miami to celebrate your mother's uh, milestone birthday. 29. Right, sure. So, bachelor party went very, very well. Had a great time in Chicago and Indiana. Went to a Rob Zombie concert. Um, had a lot to drink. Won two big poker games. Fucked my knee up playing basketball. But something I can live with. Had a great like time. Like, really badly. Like, 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 it's been two weeks and my knee is still, like, like bloody and like raw. Like, several and layers yeah. of skin. Yeah, it was a bad one. Uh... And on the day before I'm supposed to come home, I started to feel a little under the weather, but thought it was just, you know, the exhaustion of three or four hours of sleep every night and copious amounts of, you know, substances in my body, you know, 
wearing down on these old bones. And uh, I had former guest of the show, Julia Colt, take my temperature, which I had a fever. And then we took a COVID test, and I was positive after two and a half years of being so careful and avoiding it so well. I got COVID at the worst fucking possible time ever in another city. Like, you're the worst. Like, you're the definition of the worst. So I had to have obviously had it prior to even leaving based on the incubation period and also based off of, uh, unfortunately, the multiple people I gave it to afterwards, which if, you're, if, you, if you've been, you know, keeping track of my ailments over the course of this podcast history, you know that several years ago, for Tony and Julia's wedding in August in Chicago, I gave several people hand, foot, and mouth disease unknowingly because Jillian's school had an outbreak of it and Jillian had it. So I went to bed at Like, six. why are you like an infant? I'm why not do you an have infant. like. I said I wasn't going to insult you. Now you're calling me an infant. Like, why do you have. Okay, fine. I'm sorry. You're not an infant. Why do you have like the immune system of an infant? I, I normally have a very good immune system. I rarely get sick. Knock on wood. I didn't get hand, foot, and mouth. I don't know. What the fuck? I just love my daughter. And thank God I, I didn't get know. COVID. So. You're just the worst. Thanks. So. I went to bed at 6.30, slept as much as I could because I was bound and determined to get back to Orlando. I masked up, I woke up, and I felt 85% better. Felt like a regular fucking person, member of society again. And got my ass back to Orlando after a flight delay and taking forever to get off the plane and going to the doctor and that taking forever. I had like a full like 14-hour travel day just to get home, to put my ass in isolation uh, for five days. Thankfully, as you just mentioned yourself and Jillian, did not get anything. Unfortunately, it meant that I missed my daughter's first day of kindergarten walking her to school. Yeah, but, you know, she couldn't care less. She took Don't. off. No, not about you not being there, but I'm saying she was so excited to start. She'd yeah. been looking forward to it. Yeah, she was great. I was a blubbering mess at the top of the stairs, crying because I couldn't walk her the third of a mile to school, um, which is something I'll never be able to do and say. I was able to walk my daughter first day of school. It's just something, one of those big blanket things that bothers me. Um, for the, I mean, for the most part, I was back to normal the next day. Uh, what? Nothing. Um, I was back to normal. Just I had to avoid everybody. Um, we watched the movie separately. You watch the movie in our regular setup. I set the movie up with my little hackneyed system upstairs with my, my second monitor for work and everything else. And we were going to record over Zoom, but we had a power outage that messed up our internet for a couple days. So in our own home, on two separate floors, we couldn't Zoom one another to record. Yeah, it was really fresh. So that's the reason why we missed last week is because not because we, I was sick and we weren't able to. We were going to make it work. We we were we set up to record and it just it just we couldn't get it to work. Yeah, and then and then we got busy. Then we went out of town and then we came back in town and then yes. I got sick. I was able to still go to Miami because my isolation period was done and I didn't have any symptoms. I wasn't contagious anymore, so I was still able to make the Miami portion of the trip uh, to celebrate your mom's birthday. And uh, yeah, we came back and. This whole week, you do not have COVID. We've tested you multiple times, and now I no longer have COVID. But you have some kind of bug for the past three days that has knocked you out. So we've been trying to record every day this week. But I just sleep. 
But that's really my life. Yeah, it's just you sleep with more ailments is really what yeah, it's Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sl- I'm... <laughs> yeah, you've been making some loud, shitty noises. I didn't... I, it must have been the sleeping pill I took because I don't remember. Yeah, I don't know. But, I just uh, wanted to sleep. I so here we help. are. Sorry we missed last week, uh, but we have valid excuses for all of it. Uh, things and are... fuck you! <laughs> and fuck yeah, well, you if you hold us to this. We've had a really busy yeah, yeah, few Fuck you, months. Carly. We saw, we saw, <laughs> we saw Carly, uh, former guest of the show and, and, and fan and, and best friend and everything else. And she's like, where's my episode? And I was like, bitch... I have COVID. <laughs> Sorry. I was able to regale you for an hour about crazy rich Asians. Um, don't, while don't, we, don't call my friend a bitch. Oh, she knows. It's fine. Uh, while we were separated from one another, in terms of not like separated, like we were separated, like we oh. were isolated from one another. Oh, oh. Uh, did you watch anything or do anything? What the fuck? What? No, I did. I had to do all of the other things. You didn't? Oh, really? No, I caught yeah, up. You really did a lot. Shut the fuck up. That was rude. No, I caught up on Top Chef. Uh huh. That was about it. Riveting. I, um, arcadeo.net slash podbloggle, where you can see that I. Oh, great. You're finally in the year 1997. I am already. I'm already in February. Wow. Um, I will be in 1997, I believe. How great for the for rest you. for the rest of the year. Oh, cool, great, yeah, yeah that serves you right. Um, so I was able to watch a lot Mother of wrestling, fucker. catch up on that. I uh, forgot that Harley Quinn, the animated TV series on HBO Max, one of the few things that's still on HBO Max, had begun. So I'm all caught up on that. It's only got a couple weeks left already, sadly. And I think the only like movie-ish thing that I watched was I watched Trainwreck, the Woodstock 99 documentary, the new one on uh, Netflix, the three-part documentary about Woodstock 99, which is just one of the most fascinating events ever. I watched the HBO Max documentary, uh, the Music Box one that uh, The Ringer and Bill Simmons did. I probably like that one more, but this one was still pretty interesting and riveting in terms of, of what it detailed. Uh, also because the fact that now it's been confirmed in the first 30 seconds uh, through wrestling Twitter that The Miz was at Woodstock 99. And it, I think that's what it took me out of the show was it's showing like 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 previewing like Woodstock 99, like the documentary and everything. And you see this like 19-year-old kid be like, Woodstock 99, baby! And I'm like, everyone's like, yo, was that the fucking Miz? Pre- pre- pre-road like, rules? We're like, yeah, and we're like, yeah, it's the fucking Miz. And then it was confirmed that it was, that it was The Miz, so... That's crazy. Uh, but yeah, I think that's it. So let's get into the movie that we watched uh, nine days ago at this point. Crazy Rich Asians. Wow, You're time nominated flies movie. so much. What, uh, who's reading? Is it me or is it you? I believe that it's me. It is me. You, I, you read Like Mike. No, I read Like Mike. You read Fantastic Four. What was the last episode? That's a great question. I have to do everything around like, here. Oh, like Mike was the last so episode. So, so you read. Based on the best-selling novel, Crazy Rich Asians, the only thing crazier than love is family. Hilarious, heartfelt, historic, says Entertainment Weekly. Crazy Rich Asians is the rom-com we all needed, says Johnny Olasinski, New York Post. Based on Kevin Kwan's best-selling novel, Crazy Rich Asians follows New Yorker Rachel Chu, Constance Wu, 
God, these people have American names. As she accompanies her longtime boyfriend, Nick Young, Henry Golding, to his best friend's wedding in Singapore and meets Nick's family for the first time. It soon becomes clear that the only thing crazier than love is family. Just repeat it with the front of the box. I thought you were going to mess up crazy rich Asians. Crazy rich Asians. I got it. I thought it was going to be. I was going to go into like the whole cast and I was like, I am fucked if you've yeah. heard Podswoggle. Um, so this was a monster hit in 2019. Huge hit. Uh, basically just because Hollywood has been awful in terms of like movies. Diversity. And, and so I don't want to get a lot into the controversy that still persists about this movie. Like, like researching this movie on IMDb and Wikipedia and like finding the background of it. Cause to be perfectly honest, when the movie came out, I kind of wrote it off cause it's not really for us or particularly me. I, I like a good rom-com when they're done well. Um, but also like I didn't, I obviously didn't read the book. It, it just, it didn't pop for me. Um, so I didn't know a lot about it when it came out. But now finding that, you know, this movie, sure, did make 160, 70, some million dollars, um, but was constantly under a microscope and ridiculed for, um, like, how Asian some of the actors are and where they came from and people that didn't get it. And, like, it's a lot. It was a huge part of the buildup and the follow-up to this movie. Yeah. I, I'm not going there because uh, honestly, I, I I don't care, and I don't mean that to sound like negative about it. Like I watched this as a movie to see if I would like it, and I did. I thought this was actually very very good. I really liked it. Yes, I was actually disappointed that we didn't watch this together. I know. Like this is like perfect. You know, it's a romantic comedy, so it definitely skews more towards like your interests as a as a woman romantic. Um, and it's not necessarily a. It's got a bunch of douchebags for you to watch. It does have Great. that, but it doesn't. It's not. It's not R rated. It's not. You know, part of like the Brat Pack or you know any of those prestige upper echelon you know, comedies that kind of draw men into. So I was hesitant about it. But instead, it was just a really solid, well-made movie that had really good performances, that had some absolutely stunning cinematography and camera work. Really, really great. This movie does an absolutely incredible job. You can't turn your fucking phone off? Sorry, it was still on for four, motherfucker. It shot incredibly well. Really well. Um, I was surprised how much I liked it. So it would have been nice for us to kind of, you know, uh, not related to the movie. Do you tend to enjoy movies more? Does your review of movies change in the environment that you watch them? Sometimes. So like as an example, just this is a total hypothetical, but like would you have liked Avatar as much as you do had you seen it for the first time on TV? I'm not sure. Okay. I'm not sure. I I, I don't know. I it's a hard question to answer. But. It's a hard question to answer, but I think it's more so like the people you see it with and also mm-hmm. like the environment. Like we've talked about it before, I think on a couple episodes where like the audience, like if you are watching it in a the theater, oh, sure. like the audience's reactions impact. 
I, I impact. Ha- I had that just happen to me yesterday and today. So uh, Licorice Pizza is on uh, Amazon Prime Video just f- for free. So I rewatched it. And um, when I first saw it in theaters, I really, really liked it. And I watched it uh, yesterday and today. And I still liked it, but it definitely wasn't as good the second time out, which was the complete opposite of how I was feeling. I thought I was going to pick up on more things and, yeah. and all stuff that I liked. And I couldn't figure out why. And I think a part of it was I saw it in theaters and there was two or three other guys like sprinkled out through the theater who I could tell were digging it as much as I was. And like we kind of fed off of each other's energy with some of the scenes and stuff. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So I, I think I might have even liked this even more. Had we watched it together, had I watched the Blu-ray, because I had to watch the... Oh, yeah. It actually was not on HBO Max anymore, so I had to watch it off of Hulu with commercials, so it took me forever to fucking watch it. Uh, yeah, there's there's not a... Uh, that's not right. There is plenty to dislike about this movie, which I will get into, um, but... But it, I think it's all done in such good fun, and I think for the most part it's all well done, Yeah, and no. it's hard to hold something against it. I, I, I do have a couple big things that I hold against that's going to drag the score down a little bit. But um, for the most part, uh, you know, what are the keys to success in a romantic comedy? The leads need to have good charisma chemistry. and chemistry. And I feel like Constant Wu and Henry Golding did. Yes. I thought they were really, really good together. Um, you gotta get, have the sidekick. You have to, you have, to have like, like... the funny... The funny family. You have to have... You know, I'm not saying tropes, but you have to go through the ebbs and flows of, you know, like the relationship yeah. and, and the connections. But also you'd have a couple, like, to me at least, a couple of, you know, trademark things or, or things that like, help the movie stand out. And I already mentioned, like, just how wonderful John Chu directs this movie. And I want to get into him because, boy, does he have a slate coming out. <laughs> um, but... It just has a cool style and an energy to it. So, like, the the, the scene early on where people are discovering uh, Rachel and, like, the social media of it oh, all yeah. is, like, trickling throughout all of, you know, Nick Young's followers and the family. And, like, you see, the, you know, the texts and all the media in the span of minutes, you know, just shoot that information out there. No matter how preposterous that is... I thought it was like a, it's legit. I thought it was really cool, and it, it kind of reminded me of what like Miss Marvel was has been doing a little bit as oh, well. Oh yeah, I liked so that. I, so I liked that. Um, I also liked uh, the soundtrack and the music and what it did, taking very very popular uh, songs like "Yellow at the End," um, "Material Girl." That was one of my first notes yeah. here. It's like you know. Even in a different language, you know what this song is. Like, mm-hmm. I, like that's hard to do, and that they did it really well. Yeah. It really, like, got you in the mood, like, okay, this is, this is setting the stage for it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's familiar, but completely not familiar. And then it has three or four just banner scenes that you need to have in a rom-com that are, like, benchmarks of... Like, whatever event they're going through. And this has it. So, the fucking food in this movie. I don't even know what half of it is. Oh, my God. But I was sitting up there I'm like... Eat all of it. I'm like, oh, my God. I want to put all this in my mouth. Yeah. And I don't even know what the fuck any of it is. <laughs> um, which is just like chef, right? Like, when you get a movie that knows yeah. how to fucking, like, film food well, 
you smell it, you sit in it, you just want to be in it, and it yeah. just naturally makes you happy. Um, so that was one. Uh, the, the, the party scene is a great whirlwind. Oh, yeah. Almost like to a get-out level in terms of like her meeting people and being out of her element and having to navigate um, you know, all these different... Uh, all these different walks of people and family and life. Um, so I enjoyed that. Uh, I also liked... Um, I think the most famous scene in the movie and the scene I knew about going into it was the Mahjong scene sing at the end um, where Rachel and the mom... I love that. I love Mahjong. It. I, so... Even as somebody that had no idea what was going on game wise, because I don't, I've never played mahjong in my life. Um, the only thing I've ever seen is you played on your on your on your phone and the iPad, and even it's so, not it's not true mahjong. That's what I was gonna say. Um, I I love it because it's a game of strategy. It well, it come it, to me. It kind of came out of nowhere, and I it was a little disappointing to me because I thought it was going to be built up throughout the movie a little bit better. Like, it would have been nice if I'd seen it discusses how important the game is to them or what it meant. Besides the fact that Rachel teaches, you know, economics through game theory um, as a professor, as she taught at Yale? NYU. NYU. Um, but it was still good, like, in how much she drops a dick on her and it's shot well and it's acted well. Um, like, you need those things in rom-coms to stand out. Like, and this movie does that. And well, and you need, like, the characters. Like, I think that's also something that's really important about the genre. And this movie does really well. Like, all the cousins' personalities and backstories. The friends and everything. It does a really good job of, of individualizing everybody. Mm -hmm. And you have a lot of characters to deal with. And I feel like sometimes there are some that I wish I spent more time with. But at the very least, when the time you do spend with them, you get a sense of who everybody right. is. And, and it's and relatable it because tick. it's like every family has someone like that. Every family has that cousin who's, who, who does that or, or that sister who's going through that or whatever the case is. So I think that, that made it really relatable. Yeah. Um, um, so I really, I, I really liked that. Um, and also the wedding itself. The wedding was absolutely fucking beautiful like how it is put together and shot in the imagery the extravagance and opulence oh my gosh something i appreciate about the movie was you can also probably probably consider it unrealistic is despite the means and the extravagance it never felt like it belittles its audience or it makes the audience feel like it it a lot of times with with rich culture, especially foreign rich culture, I, I would say as an American, I feel like other Americans probably feel the same way, is that it feels elitist on another level. Because, I agree with that. Because we can't identify with their level and how they you know, how because they it, how they do with yeah, it. Yeah, but with this movie they made you feel like you were a part of it. It made me aspire to it. Right. And it also made me feel earned. And the, okay. does it so well because of the very, very first scene, which I loved, of, of the flashback of 
the mom and the kids, you know, going That's to the hotel. That's my grandma. Struggling. It's your, it's your Asian grandma. That's my Asian grandma. <laughs> my family if, was if Asian. That, if that doorman and that woman had a child, it would be your grandmother. Yeah. But, like, this racist, old, bald, fucking dickhead, mm-hmm. you know, shooting her down and setting her up. Because she's which, woman, because she's Chinese. Yeah. Uh, like it was a hot ass start, and then it goes right into a scene where a guy Amazing. who looks like Andrew's angry is losing a poker to a woman. I'm in. <laughs> you have got me hook, line, and sinker. No matter what happens in this movie. No, but I think that that's. But the wedding. To get back to my point, that the wedding is kind of like the the like the apex of that. Of like, okay, like these people, like are able to do it in a classy, dignified, elegant way. And it all feels earned and it all feels special. Yeah. 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 And, I, and you know, that's also part of the difference between, like, new money and old money. That's what people always yes. say. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, yep. old money is that elegance and, and everything. New money, they're just trying to impress people. Um, but, yeah, I think that they did that so well. I loved that opening scene. I... Yeah, like I thought that was baller. Like, how much of this movie did you identify with? So much of this movie. Talk to me a little bit about that. So much of this movie. <laughs> so my family isn't crazy rich like this. Like, but they are Asian. No. <laughs> but, but they, um, you know, they're they do well enough for themselves, and at least my. <laughs> When my mom was younger, my family, you know, they lived in Europe, so it was a little bit different culturally and everything, too. But, yeah, I identify with this. My grandmother, in a second, would have done that. She would, in a second, would have done that. My grandmother. Your grandmother once got a $600 meal comped at the Bull and Bear at the Waldorf Astoria just from complaining about how high the bed was. That's an accurate. That's what you need to know. That's all you need to know. Yeah. My grandmother once got... My family went to Sweden once, I think. No, Switzerland. Mm-hmm. And they went to stay at this hotel. My grandmother had a reservation, and they said, oh, no, sorry, we're booked. My grandmother got them to make them stay at the presidential suite. But this is the kicker. When they said, oh, well, we have the presidential suite, but it's very expensive. My grandmother looked at them and said, I didn't ask you how much it was. <laughs> And they got to stay there for free for like two weeks or something. Ridiculous like that. Uh, this past Mother's Day, we had a wonderful dinner at the Gaylord Palm. What was the name of the restaurant? The Old Hickory Steakhouse. Amazing. It was one of the best meals I've ever had in my entire life. And it was the first time in 15 years of having known you that your grandmother didn't have a single complaint about the meal. And that's how I was able to tell how good that food was. Mm-hmm. So the, the Everything from that restaurant. Service to the food. Amazing. Was, was impeccable. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing I did, like, uh, the dumpling scene was another scene that I really, really liked in terms of getting everybody's perspective on that ritual and what it meant and character goals and aims and ideals and then the, the fucking gut punch of like you will never be good enough <laughs> still was just like fuck that's rough stuff it also felt very real like because, because that's a lot of times how 
they, Particularly they, women feel. Yeah, just family in general. It's, it's family, and, and a lot of times women feel like they're never going to live up, never going to yeah. be enough, no matter what. And it's, that's why there's always so much tension and... and and stuff like that. Like I mean, it felt real and authentic because it is real and authentic. Absolutely. They didn't make this up for our viewing pleasure. No, this was this was steeped in history truth. in the past. Yeah, truth. And truth. Um, what scenes or things did you not like about Excuse the movie? Because I do have a more of a list than I thought that I did. Um. I, I mean, it's hard to tell. I like how they juxtapose a lot of like this more serious stuff with some fun stuff, like with particularly um, Cousin Oliver, the the rainbow sheep of the family. I like Cousin Oliver was I good. Liked yeah, and, I liked him and, and him and, and Aquafina's character. I, I enjoyed Aquafina's character. Yeah, so I like how they broke up some of the serious stuff with like them them together and like their scenes yes the fashion show scene and stuff but her family was her family was undoubtedly the worst part of the movie by a country mile and that scene unnecessary i was really worried when that scene came up because i was like that scene's in a totally different movie like that scene of ken jong and his wife and aquafina's family at the dinner with rachel i was like it just feels out of place and it was it was like almost crossing the line of being caricature for the sake of being caricature and it kind of turns itself on it but even when like it it said that it was being put on to a certain extent it still felt like a caricature like yeah. it still felt like it honestly to me felt like the studio was like oh well you don't have this famous asian actor in this movie and we need one more scene with this burgeoning famous act, asian actress so throw them in here for this. So we get an idea also of, like you said, the old the old rich and the new rich taste. Yeah. It, it just didn't work. And I it like my quote was, this scene is so bad and it will take points off the movie's total for me. Um and it it did. It, it was it was it was early on and I was like, all right, we're doing really, really well here. And I was like, oh, here we go. That's why. Um I was glad that Aquafino, who's not gonna be my MVP or my LVP, I'm glad that that's the fact for her because I feel like she's going to in the next two to three years. She already might be this way for people. She isn't for me yet. Um, on that level of like, they're in fucking everything and they're always the same. And she'll just get into that zone of hate that people are like, why do I have to deal with this person and this, that, the other? I think the thing that'll give her some leeway is she hasn't had anything where she's been bad in it, per se. Yeah. Like, she's been good in everything, and also she has done, like, she almost got nominated for a fucking Oscar. She was really good. Which I have not seen that movie yet. It's so, I've seen it twice. Yeah. Um, it's so good. So, like, I'm fearful of what's going to happen, because she's a voice in everything. She's in all these tentpole movies. Um, I don't want it to happen, because I enjoy I her. I enjoy her. But, but, I, but I can see it happening... Like Ken Jong, basically. Like that's like every time I see Ken Jong and something, I'm just like, oh god, because I know what he's gonna bring to the table. And at this point, I'm just not for it. Yeah, but I was for me, it 15 me, years ago. Tell me a serious movie that Ken Jong almost got nominated for an Oscar for. Sure, he 
Aquafina has more range. She yes. has a little bit more range, and I think that. But so look at Melissa McCarthy as an example. Melissa McCarthy was nominated for multiple Academy Awards for dramatic and serious work, um, dramatic and comedic work. But at a certain point, you, you have to be honest. If you see her in something now, it immediately gets a stigma to it of like, oh, but she's in this, and I know what she's been in this and this and this and this, and those things didn't work. Like at a certain point, okay, I think that's fair. At a certain point, your filmography and your reputation and your resume just get to be kind of an albatross to whatever upward momentum you want to have. Um, but this was very much in the thick of her ascent. I think we're still in her ascent. I'm just saying, don't be surprised when that descent fucking goes. And I, I think we could be there um, soon. Yeah. So that scene was definitely one. Um, I really like the, the, the bachelor party scenes. Um, I hate it. Well, the I didn't like the back and forth between the two because it 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 drugged the scenes out and made them really really boring. I don't know what the fuck was up with the bloody bed and where the fuck that came from. It's just women being women. Yeah, women are mean. Women suck. Was that supposed to be like menstrual blood? No, it well, was the fish's blood. Oh, you're right. They did explain that. Yeah. Okay, I do remember. It that. It was now. the fish's blood. Look at COVID. Leave me alone. Uh, it was the fish's <laughs> blood, but that's like it's just still so cruel. Women are fucking assholes. Um, and then I also didn't like kind of the overly dramatic, sensationalized, uh, you know, how the, the, the separation needed to kind of take place with a PI getting hired to investigate who Rachel was and about her dad. Like, it kind of came out of left field. Like, it was established earlier on that her father had left her, and it wasn't like a big, like point to the movie. Oh, but it it always is. But but it it, it again just kind of like the Majans thing. It kind of to me watching it came out of left field and didn't feel earned. I hate that the grandma became like the heavy almost to keep the family yeah. things up because she was so sweet and so earnest and seemed like that beacon for potential change from the older guard. And then you find okay, well, it was really like kind of her mission the entire time. Or, like, she was the impetus for, you know, this downward trend to happen. Mm-hmm. So I didn't like that. And then the mom comes, and we barely got to even spend any time with the mom in the first place earlier on, besides, like, barely even a full scene before Rachel leaves. Yeah. And then now she's this, like, crucial part, and it just didn't feel like I didn't have an emotional connection to it. So, like it really stumbled for me as it reached the climax of the movie until it recovered with the Mahjong Singh and then the, um, I liked the reveal of the second ring and, you know, the proposal and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So those are the stuff that I didn't like. Is there anything else that, uh, that I missed? I like uh, the clown tampon. I'm sorry? Situation. I was talking about things I didn't like. Oh, oh, oh I did like the clown tampon. <laughs> I'm going to put that on your tombstone. Just clown a, tampon. Just as a clown tampon. Clown tampon, very well. Me too. Was there anything for the fifth time? Was no, there I, I said I think that you got everything. Okay. Um, one thing I did miss uh, again, it's a character that I don't think is significant enough to be MVP and OVP, but the payoff to Bernard was fucking great <laughs> in terms of like you build. I love when movies build up characters off screen or the characters you haven't seen or met yet, and then when you meet them. 
you immediately are like, yep, nailed it. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's it. That's fucking guy. Yeah. And it's, um, what's his name? It's, uh, he's a comedian. He's in Space Force. I think he's really funny. Uh, he was great. Uh, and before that, just the phrase, two girls, one cup of noodles. Oh my God, I wrote that down. I was going to say that. Fucking sign me the so fuck up. funny. Fucking. Two girls, one cup of noodles. That would have been a really different sketch. <laughs> Burn my. Well, you and Marcel couldn't have done it. I would have cast you guys in it. Who else would you cast? We didn't have anybody to do it. <laughs> Steve. Steve and, Steve and Steve and the wig. <laughs> we would have figured it out. Rich would, have, Rich would still be in the computer lab figuring out how to edit that together. Uh. So I mentioned John Chu earlier, um, who I, I will admit I kept getting confused with Justin Lin. Um, I, I, look. You're a racist son of a bitch. No, 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 no. There's two Asian directors that, like, do American movies that aren't Bong Joon-ho. And I just got them confused. Uh, jo- Justin Lin is the one that did Better Luck Tomorrow that I love and then has veered into, like, the big budget territory with the Fast and Furious movies. John Chu has still done things like G.I. Joe and other things, but has definitely had more, like, misses. He did that fucking Gem and the Holograms movie that nobody saw. Um, his next, like, four movies are wild. He's doing Wicked, part yeah. one and two, because they're splitting it into two movies. Really? They're doing, yes, because they they're doing original music, and they don't want to have Defying Gravity be... In the middle of the movie, they want to end. But that's the whole point. But they, it, I know. So doing that with Ariana Grande uh, and Cynthia Erivo, um, uh, and then he's doing the Plato movie. What, I'm so sorry. What? They're doing a Plato movie. I'm sorry. Say it one more time. They're doing a Plato movie. No, no, I think not like wrong. not like P L A T O, like the clay. I think there's something Toy. wrong because I keep thinking that you're saying they're going to do a Play-Doh movie. They're doing a Play-Doh movie. Is it a movie about Play-Doh? No, it's about fucking turkeys and fucking guacamole. What do you fucking think it is? Yes. Am I actually sleeping? I think you died five minutes ago, oh, which God. means this is my favorite episode of all time. Uh, and then he's doing, oh, The Places You'll Go. Uh, a I don't know if it's animated or a live-action Dr. Seuss movie. And I'm like, okay. And I do still believe, I think it is currently indefinitely shelved, but they were supposed to, obviously, for a movie that made as much money as it did, that has sequels in terms of books, um, they are supposed to do uh, sequels that are based around the uh, the Gemma Chan character, Um, because her character is basically the the protagonist in the follow-ups, which is is appropriate. That's one other thing... not having read the books, I don't know, but from what I'm gathering from people's reactions on Reddit and other things, that um, people were a little upset at some of the changes that were made in the movie in terms of character focus, and I think her character was the biggest victim of that, and I think it was probably purposeful in that, okay, well, we have other books that we can do, you know, we can tackle her on later on, Um, but she was so fucking good. Add her to my list, by the way. She's just a gorgeous woman. Um... It makes me want to watch Eternals because I think she's like one of the main characters in Eternals. Uh, but she does such a great job at making like that. It's hard Don't to make. touch me. That was an accident. Um, Fuck you. Touch you. Uh, it's so hard to make that honest, earnest, likable character genuine. And she does a really good job of it. Um, that I wanted more of, of her in the movie. 
to to see that and also what we did get of her was unfortunately her trials and tribulations around her cheating husband. So it just wasn't as much fun to to have her around. Um, So, yeah, it's a little wild that he's not, like, those movies aren't in his upcoming list of things. Like, how's a movie that made this much fucking money? I I know, well, if it's focusing on them, I know both the leads are, because of this movie and other things, not like the most popular right now. So Henry Golding's casting was a big controversy based on I talked about earlier his background. He also was kind of stumbled afterwards. He was a Snake Eyes in the Snake Eyes movie, and then Constance Wu. Um, she had a big thing because she was on Fresh Off the Boat, and she kind of had like a social media breakdown over that show, getting renewed and not wanting to do it because of this movie and Hustlers kind of starting to take off, and I don't think she's done much since, which is crazy, because she got nominated for fucking Golden Globe for this movie. Um, so it's weird that this is this actually might be a, like a moment in time That's really type movie. Insane as to, to where people about. go from there. Uh, let's get into performances, because there's a lot of them to discuss and a lot of them to discern between. Uh, do you want to start with MVP or LVP? We can start with probably LVP. I think that might be easier. So I have three written down. And one of them is not Ken Jeong, wow. believe it or oh, not. Oh, no. I spilled M&M's all over myself. <laughs> That's what you get for eating on the podcast, Augie. What the fuck you doing? Would you rather I eat or, stay, or, or fall asleep? I'd, I'd rather you eat. I don't feel good. Leave me alone. Because at least when, when Augie's recording, he's like on his microphone chewing on fucking cheese sticks and pizza rolls. Fucking idiot. <laughs> he's not listening You're to this. You're so mean. No, he, he would agree. Um, he's not because I, there, there's three people to me that are worse. Um, so my three nominees are, well, do you have anybody? First of all, who are, who is your LVP for Crazy Rich Asians? If you had to pick somebody. I was, that guy. It was going to be Ken Jeong? Yeah. All right, so I don't have Ken Jeong. I have his wife, who I thought, Ken Jeong at least released the stereotype in the character at some point, whereas the mom was just fucking turned up to 12 the entire time and just annoyed the shit out of me. But she also would not be my vote. Nina? Yeah, she would also not be my vote. Don't do it. Uh, My two nominees would be the actor who played Mike, who would be Gemma Chan, Astrid's husband. Just boring, paint-by-numbers, didn't give me anything at all. It was like... I was indifferent to him. I was like, how the fuck were you even with this guy? Mm -hmm. Not based off of, like, his personality and him being a cheating asshole, but, like, the actor didn't give anything, like, a flair or a... He didn't come off as an asshole. It just came off as, like, nothing. Uh, My actual vote, however, would be uh, the guy that plays Eddie, who is uh, the cousin who... Uh, right, he. But was it him acting or that character? No, that was, character's a prick. No, that character's a prick. It was the actor because he was so fucking wooden and didn't. And he purposefully like uh, over exaggerated. Yes, like he had so many weird verbal and facial exaggerations and ticks. Yeah, where it was like that's an actor playing this character, whereas everybody else in the movie felt pretty genuine and authentic. He was totally out of place from the very, very first, like, little quick scene you see him in when they're doing, I think it's what, the photo shoot? 
Or they're yeah. like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I was like, okay, well, maybe that's just because he's around other people. And then when you see him around the family, they're doing, like, they're doing, like, a, um, a 360 shot where, like, all the cousins and the family are, like, seeing another. And he's kind of riffing on each person and just fucking shooting the shit and talking. And it's exactly the same, if not worse. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, and I'm, he wasn't in the movie much else beyond that. And I'm glad he wasn't because he just took me out of every scene he was in. And I think the problem was, so it's Ronnie Chen is the actor. He's a comedian. He's a correspondent on The Daily Show. Um, I, I don't think he's normally an actor like that. Um, so that, that, that'd be my analysis of it. He was in uh, Shang-Chi. I don't recognize him at all. Um, so that would be my, my actual nominee. But, I, but you can convince me on Mike or the mom. No, no, I think that's fair. That's fair? Okay. So Ronnie Chen. And I'm Ronnie. Sorry if I'm messing these up. Eddie is the character in Crazy Rich Asians. His name is Ronnie, not Ryan. I said Ryan. I said Ronnie. You said Ryan. Oh, well, I meant Ronnie. MVP. So I already mentioned Gemma Chan, who I thought was great. Um, but I think she's too underused. She does do awesome in her last scene where she's walking under her husband. She's got a couple killer line deliveries in that scene. Uh, I think it's a two-person race. Constance Wu does an amazing job in this movie. I, I think Constance... And, and... I think Constance Wu is the answer. Michelle Yeoh... She, she's the second answer. Dominates... She's 1B. Every scene she's in she immediately. Because she has to, right? Yes. But her aura, she just gives off that that. I think the it's aura she needs to be giving off with yes. that. She does it. So I think, and I think aura is the key word, and why I'm going to lean towards constant woo is I think Michelle Yeoh does more with just charisma and presence, whereas constant woo actually has to work so much harder, doing so many more things to be a protagonist we root for, to be you know, a desirable female in a rom-com to be funny. Like she, she's wearing so many different hats to be a badass. Like she's in the Mahjong Singh. She's so naturally likable that she makes all those things work very, very well. So she, she would be my vote. Okay. Um, which sucks because now I feel like she's like persona non grata almost. And like between this and hustler, she was like set up for, you know, superstardom. And now I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, other people we didn't mention, Henry Golding, who's fine. I, I wasn't a big a, a big fan one way or another of his. Yeah. I, I mean, he did his job and he had good chemistry with Constance Wu. Um, I liked the grandma. I liked, uh, um, there's an, like, a person I want to shout out. Oh, I want to shout out Sonoya Mizuno, who's a former LVP on this show. Um, she was the LVP for uh, Ex Machina. That was like the assistant android in Ex Machina. Just oh. the lead character on Devs. Totally different in this movie. And I, I, I appreciated getting to see her be a little bit different. Um, Jimmy Yang is the, is the guy who plays Bernard. Or Bernard. So I want to make sure I give him a shot as well. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you mentioned uh, uh, Oliver, who I thought was great. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think we, we tackled... We tackled all the performances that we needed to here. Uh, what else on Crazy Rich Asians? 
Oh, one thing that makes me think for Michelle Yeoh is I'm now having people that are texting me being like, have you still not seen everything everywhere all at once? And I'm like, no, yeah, I, know, I still haven't seen it. So we need to get on that sooner yeah, rather than absolutely. I'm assuming that we're going to need to watch it anyway prior to the Oscar season because it, it is, despite it coming out in like April, I think going to go the distance in terms of being an, a potential Oscar movie. Okay. So watch soon enough, but she's supposed to be absolutely fucking sensational. In that of movie. course. So I, I look forward to, to catching her there and she'll probably be an MVP for that. On top of other movies. That she, I mean, she's had a killer ass career for 30 some odd years. Well, you're rapidly deteriorating, so let's wrap this up. I'm sorry, I just don't feel good. It's fine. Yeah, you made it. You made it 47 minutes. Oh wow. Let's score. If you have nothing else to add, let me make sure I check my notes. Make sure I didn't miss anything. Got that. Got that. Got that. No, we're good. We're good, baby. Uh, Oh, I did not like all. So I know we talked about um, Aquafina, her family. Mm Didn't like oh, all of them. I, I didn't like the brother. Yes, I did not like that PT, character. At all. That weird. I did not it see just the was need. Unnecessary. Right. I didn't see the need for it or anything. I didn't like. He came it. back like four or five times. Yeah. Too. Like yeah. Every time we got to see them, they had to get a gag of him like recording or taking a picture or being obsessed, and it's just it was like so weird. No, that's not it, man. Yeah. Yep. So I just chalked it up to like I, all my complaints about that family in the scene earlier. So. Yeah. So just had to mention that. Thank you for remembering that because that did drive me nuts as well. Uh, well, you nominated it, so I scored first. I, I really dug it. I, it's, it's very rare that you get a modern romantic comedy, period, nowadays, but also a modern romantic comedy that has 85, 90% good performances, is shot and looks like a, like, like an important movie. Yeah. Like, there's some actual artistic freedom and liberty in the way that it, it's shot it's it you know it's uh, great in terms of shining light on a, a culture that's often misrepresented in hollywood no matter what people's misgivings are for it anyway uh i'm gonna give this movie an eight okay great i thought this movie was really great really well done i thoroughly enjoyed it um i would definitely be able to watch it again yeah, very rewatchable movie. very rewatchable i was gonna give it an eight and a half okay 8.25 for crazy rich asians very good uh it's my turn to nominate so next week uh we will be watching silver linings playbook finally because i have been able to start unpacking them the dvds we are going to probably switch the schedule up a little bit because i've not been able to locate blood money yet which uh, one i don't know uh, so we're actually going, I'm actually going to move Apollo 13, the other movie, the, the, uh, nominate, the other movie we randomly drew after Blood Money that I have been able to locate up to two weeks from now. Um, and then we are going to do the movie that I, you pick of the two I'm nominating right now. So I'm going to stay, I believe, in the year 2019 for, um, both of these movies. If I, I may be misspeaking, let me confirm. That's 2019, and if I could spell properly, that is... Oh, 2018, okay. Uh, I am currently in the process of writing a new movie uh, that is female-centric about high school and just adolescence in general. So there are two very, very uh, critically acclaimed comedy coming-of-age movies around that time that tackle that issue. That I want, I've been dying to see that I also want to watch for reconnaissance that are also directed by first time directors 
that um, have gone on to do bigger and better things. So I'm nominating Eighth Grade, written and directed by Bo Burnham. Okay. And Book Smart, written and directed oh, wow. by Olivia Wilde. I wanted to see both of these. Well, that's why I'm nominating them. So we'll get to at least see one of them. Oh, man. This is hard. Let's go with eighth grade. Eighth grade? Yeah. Okay, eighth grade. Elsie uh, Fisher, who's now... I kept recognizing her. She's the voice of Agnes in Despicable Me. She also uh, did uh, that bad Netflix tape, Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie, and also yeah. she was uh, a character in Barry this past season. So I am very excited for eighth grade, which will be in three weeks' time. So thank you for listening to this week's episode of Married Movies. We encourage you, as always, go to arcadeaudio.net for this podcast and the others in our network of shows. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Patreon.com slash arcadeaudio for bonus content. The next Married with Podswallow episode is coming eventually in the midst of me having COVID. I wasn't doing much editing, so I'll get, I'll get around to that for your listening enjoyment here shortly. Facebook.com slash Married with Movies at MarriedWMovies on Twitter. MarriedMovies at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of the show. For me, at your host, Malt38 on Instagram, where today I'm back on the Wack Pack with Rich Camelucci ripping up some cards. So I might be more active on Instagram again, finally. No boxing friends. Uh, although I may do a special boxing friends as I'm just like going through bins of toys trying to put them up in my Yeah, bin, bins and friends. Bins and friends. Uh, for you? At Jam with your Sam. And as mentioned earlier on, arcadeaudio.net slash podwoggle. My Retro Wrestling Diary, where we are in 1997. This week's episode is maybe one of my favorites ever because it is a one of the worst shows of all time that I finally saw for the first time ever while I had COVID in my, my isolation room. It is NWO Sold Out 1997. What a piece of shit that was. Oh, boy. Anything else, Samantha? Nope. Let's get you to sleep. Please. And let's hope that you feel better next week. I will. That said, you did pretty good. Thanks, kid. You're welcome, kid. For Mullet. This is Mullet. Signing out for this week's episode of Married with Movies. We'll catch you next time on our couch. Slash the movies. That made no sense what you just said. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at ArcadeAudio.net.